0: Thank you for joining us on The Coaching Podcast. As part of the SIN Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Senaci. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Church Planter Coaching Podcast. Uh, my name is Dino Sinasi, and I'm the director of coaching for the SIN Network, and with me today is Jamie Lomato. What's up, guys? Uh, how's it going, man? Very good. Very good. Jamie is the is a church planter. Uh, he is the pastor of Aletheia Church in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, he is also a heavy lifter for church planter coaching across North America. He's probably been to your city, if you're listening, and he's a coach developer and as well as uh As a great coach. So glad to have Jamie with me today. And with me today also is Jay Francoeur. Hello, Jay. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, Jay is the pastor of, um, and the founding pastor of Cultivate Church in Voorhees, New Jersey. And uh, he is the pastor of teaching, vision, and coaching. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah. And uh, just really wanted to have Jay today with us today to talk about the church planter coaching basics. Uh, Jay was doing this church planter coaching long before he met us, and uh, just loved what uh, he was doing. His approach to help church planters in in his region but first we've got to talk a little bit about new jersey because that's a place that's special to my heart uh he is uh one county up from the uh county i was born in in new jersey uh, several years ago and uh so the garden state cultivate church talk a little bit about what it's like in new jersey where you are
1: (laughs) yeah um well uh, i mean we got started six years ago and um That idea of the garden state really resonated with us uh, when we were getting planted. Um, If you know anything about the state of New Jersey and its history, about 100 years ago, it was essentially the fruit basket of the Northeast and the place that uh, was kind of the source of blessing for New York and, and Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., and all the good things uh, that those great cities enjoyed came from the state of New Jersey, from the Garden State, because it was primarily agricultural. Um, and so it got this reputation as being a place of blessing that poured out for the sake of other people, uh, a, a good place to get things from and to visit. And and uh, just, you know, that was the reputation. And obviously, you know, uh, New Jersey doesn't live up to that reputation much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the most densely populated state, and, and we're known for a whole bunch of other things. So when we began as a, a church plant, we really asked the question, what would it look like to be a people of blessing in the same vein as New Jersey was intended to be? A, a place that uh, was you know described as a barrel being open on both ends where um produce is just flowing in abundance to people. And we just said, you know, that, that sounds very much like the gospel Mm. that we are people that are deeply rooted in our identity in Christ and what comes from the work that he's done on our behalf. Uh, then that doesn't just pour into our life. We, We become a conduit of that same grace, uh, poured out for the, for the good of others. And so that became this idea that uh, we really grasped onto that we felt like was given to us by the spirit of God, that we wanted to be a people rooted in the gospel deeply that produce fruit for the good of the garden state. And that if we kind of banded together in groups that were doing this, discovering our identity in Christ, living that out, not just for our benefit, but for the good, good of those that are far from him, and that will result in not just the church growing, but literally the Garden State becoming what God intended it to be. And so that's what we've been up to.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we, when we looked over your website, uh, we just saw how you had integrated that theme and made made uh, uh, made your your church so contextual and your vision for your church so contextual and resonated. Uh, with with your people, uh, tell us a little bit about the the beginnings of uh, cultivate church. Your story as a church planter. What, where were you before, and 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 how did everything get started?
1: Yeah, so um, I had come to faith in college at the age of twenty one, really through the work of God's Spirit in my college roommate and watching his life transformed and and. Eventually, God was kind of working in my heart and, um, and saved me, really, re- when I was 21. Uh, and shortly after that, I moved into a household full of Christians, and I really got to see with my own eyes just a community of people that was struggling through what did it look like to be a family, brothers and sisters who were working out the gospel in real time, needing to bear with one another in terms of their own burdens, forgiving one another on a daily basis, and then at the same time, you know, reaching students that are far from Christ uh, on the campus. And so that was really impactful for me in the first couple of years of my life, so much so that just a, a few years into my, my walk with Jesus, I was raising support to then be uh, a missionary with Campus Crusade for Christ, who was kind of the, the organizing Partner in, in our campus ministry. And so I did that for several years and then felt a calling to go uh, into church ministry. Um, and, and a lot of it was because I had seen God work in, in changing radically, not just my life, but the lives of other students so rapidly over the course of four years, because four years is all you have mm-hmm. with students. And he had done it through these environments of really just households of faith, living breathing embodiments of the gospel in community. And uh, and that was really impactful for me, and I saw the same process happen with other people. And yet when I, I turned my view as part of a you know church at the time, I didn't see that same process happening in the lives of most believers, people who had been followers of Jesus walking with him for not just four years but four decades, and they had never been trained to do that same work. And so I just felt like the Spirit was leading me towards that direction to say this isn't an anomaly on a college campus this this is what I intended my church to be
0: hmm. and what so pop- I got no, I'm sorry Go I, ahead. I was
1: gonna, when I got into the you know so I went to seminary and and um really my my understanding of my own calling at that point is that I was going to kind of maybe come on staff with the church and just be the fly in the ointment mm-hmm. <laughs> of of the church to say like we we need to get back to what God intended His church to be, just these families of faith that are making disciples who make disciples. And if we've gotten off track from that, then we're far away from what He intended.
0: I want to change gears to coaching just a little bit, uh, that your story is amazing, and uh, we thank God for what He did in your heart and life and what He's doing in Hearts and Lives for the Cultivate Church uh, right now in your region. Uh, but uh, I wanted to start out with with this question, why do you think uh, a uh, church planter would need a coach?
1: Um, that's a great question, and, and a lot of that is it's rooted in my own story. So when, when I started uh, planting, because it wasn't my kind of understanding of my own calling to be a church planter, I really had a lot of gaps in my own understanding of what that would look like and my own experience and capabilities and so when I first began uh, this process, I kind of got matched up with more of a guy that was a mentor. He was called a coach, but it was really, you know, someone who was further along, really successful pastor, who was gracious in his time and and gave it to me. But it was really me just kind of coming with my problems and issues, and him telling me what to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and and. Just sharing his wisdom from his perspective, which was a necessary thing. But one of the things that I discovered in that process as a planter is that the story that God was shaping in us as a church community was very, very different than what he had done in that church 10 years prior. Mm -hmm. And so his experience level, while good to get us started because I needed that, wasn't necessarily sufficient for me as a planter to, to discover who God was making us as a community to be Mm -hmm. and how the spirit was moving in our context. And, um, and so I, I didn't just need someone to tell me what to do. I needed someone to help to ask the right questions Mm -hmm. so that I could then discover with God's help, how he was leading us into the future. And so that was critical for me. And, um, and something I didn't, I didn't actually get until a couple of years into our, our church plant life. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't have a a word for it. And uh, I met met a friend, his name is Gino Kirkerudo, who's been a great uh, coach and friend to me over the years. And he started to describe the process of what he had done with other people to help them to, to the ends that I was looking for. And the more that he described it, the more I just thought, man, that is that that's what I need at this stage in, in not just in my development, but really for the sake of our church community. And so I, I said, I asked him, what do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he goes, that's coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's called coaching.
0: Jay, um, how, you know, it sounds like your experience was your first experience was really much like mentoring, a mentoring relationship. And then your, your buddy offered you something different in coaching. Um, how was that a different experience personally for you?
1: Uh, it was different in that. So w- when I would get together with Gino, we would start talking through things. Um, one, there was a little bit more work on the front end. So I'd have to go through a process where I did some own you know, personal digging. Um, and two, I would have to voice what I thought the Spirit was leading us to do next. What were my... What did I perceive those goals to be? You know, what were the obstacles to those things? And then I would I would then have to process through what the options to re, to kind of tackle those goals were. And then I would get feedback on the options that I presented to him rather than him just telling me what to do. So it was still a, there was still a transfer of wisdom there. From someone more experienced to someone less experienced, but th- I think through the process, one, I had to think more creatively about how to solve my own problems. And two, I think one of the biggest benefits for me as a church planner is that I learned uh, what it how necessary it is to listen to, discern, and follow the spirit and mm-hmm. his leadership of our church, and not just the advice of someone. Who has greater experience than me. And so I was in those conversations, I was listening to Gino, but at the same time, I developed kind of a skill to listen for the the movement of the Spirit mm. and to have confidence that I could follow him into our future. Um, and, and, and if I messed up and misheard, then I'm under grace, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saved by faith through the work of Jesus. And so even if I, you know, go the, the next, coaching conversation the following month and go yeah I I really I thought that was the direction and I was completely wrong there's nothing but grace there is no condemnation so we just pick it up again and and learn forward you know
0: as I'm listening to you talk Jay and and Jamie would resonate with this too uh, most coaches don't become coaches by going to training Uh, But they get inspired to become coaches because of coaching that they've received. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear your story of how you you had a – sounds like you had a strong, good mentor. But then Mm -hmm. you transitioned. You came to a point in your journey where you needed some coaching where you were the one who had to process and decide the next steps versus someone advising you on those next steps. Uh, So uh, one of our targets in our coaching system is that the coached becomes the coach. Because normally that's that's where the best coaches come from. Is they've had they've seen the need, they've seen how, how it's met. So that's where I want to make that transition. You are now the coach. You're you're, and so tell me what it looks like when you coach a church planter. Because that's how I was introduced to you through an email that was sent to someone else that was forwarded to me.
1: Right. I would say it looks a lot like the coaching that I received. Um, And I I try to keep it as simple as possible because obviously it's, you know, it's not my full-time job to coach church planners, but it's something I'm passionate about. So it needs to be something that I can do uh, well, but something that I can do with consistency without it taking up, you know, all of my schedule. Um, And so it has to be simple and repeatable uh, for me to do that. So I, I mean, I just, I've seen a lot of different, you know, I've read a lot of different coaching books and seen a lot of different things on, on coaching. And to me, a lot of the things that I've picked up are great. um, But I want something that I can just, uh, it's easy for me to remember and repeat. And so I just, I've, I've latched onto the good model of coaching, which is just, it's an acronym, which just means goals, obstacles, options do. Mm -hmm. And so goals is just, you know, what is, what do you discern the spirit doing in you in your community what's next for you in the next three to six months what are the goals that you have and and then obstacles are what what's challenging those goals from being realized Uh, what are you facing what are the things that are you know may seem insurmountable let's let's talk through what those things are that are challenging you realizing those goals and then the third Part of that is what are the options to overcome those obstacles? What do you see as as perceived ways forward through this maze? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's part of the challenge. And and oftentimes, as a uh, church planners, especially if they're new to coaching, they can have very difficult times uh, even coming up with one option. And the tendency is then to revert back into a mentor relationship where it's like, okay, I don't know what to do. You tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that can be a process where you're helping them like, well, what about this? And what about this? And so I just still trying to form it in the phase in, in a question to help them, even if I'm trying to lead them to a potential option that I see, I'm still trying to get them to self-discover it. And I think that's the key in coaching is self-discovered learning. That's good. And then, and then at the end is just doing is saying, okay. In light of all the options, what do you think the Spirit is leading you to do at this point? What are the next one or two steps that are manageable for you to latch on to? And those are going to be the things that I hold you accountable to between this coaching session and the next one. So when the next time that we come back together, I'm going to ask you about these things that you've verbalized uh, will be your doing action points, not with, with all the grace in the world. They may, I mean, your, your plan may completely fall apart, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm not going to control your outcomes, but I want to hold you accountable to what you said the spirit is leading you to do.
0: That's good, man. And, uh, what have you seen God do through you, those relationships as you've, you know, used this consistent model that you feel like, uh, you can repeat and, uh, and, and you can do that helps you?
1: Well, it's I mean, for me because I feel like it's simplified to the point where it's repeatable. I can then have more coaching relationships mm-hmm. than I think I would be able to uh, otherwise, um, and so I, that's great for me because then I get a preview into the God into God's work, not just in New Jersey but in Pennsylvania across our state convention, uh, in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise, which gives me a whole bunch of hope for. The work that God is doing in our particular church plant. And so I I mean I tell our, our folks all the time, and I think this shapes the way that I lead our people and what I bring up even during my preaching and, and things to, to say like God isn't just working in our little tiny community here in South Jersey. Let me tell you about all the ways that he's working in Western Pennsylvania and Central Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Jersey Shore, you know. Uh, So that gives them bigger eyes to see God's work in all those places. Because the next time they, you know, drive out to Pittsburgh uh, to go sightsee, they're going to be thinking in the back of their mind, somewhere around this city is a church plant. Mm -hmm. My pastor's connected to it and they're doing great work here and they might remember to pray for them you know I mean that would be great that, that that they would see God's hand all across where we live and not just in their neighborhood
0: it's amazing how a coaching relationship can expand our view of what God is up to and, yeah, and so. how he's doing more than what we think he is well and i, I would add to that too that he, even for the coach he's doing he's doing more uh than than we think would when we take a listening mode versus a telling mode, uh, God's doing all kinds of great things deep within that that planter and uh, deep within that person. It's, it's really good. We want to wrap up this podcast. There's a future podcast coming up where we're going to talk to two practitioners who use coaching in their local church for discipleship and leadership development with Jay and with Jamie, but... Um, I think I know where this is going, Jay, because you've had a real consistent theme throughout your conversation, but a lot of people listening to our podcast, Jay, are new coaches. They're getting some experience. They're passionate, but they're very new to the coaching game. So could you give some advice to those guys, some simple tips as we wrap up this podcast?
1: Sure. Um, I would say, uh, for me, one of the biggest heads and sees in getting involved in coaching was that I felt like I didn't have the experience to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, the first coaching relationship that I took on was when we were only two years old as a church. And I just thought, what in the world could I possibly have to share, you know, with uh, this new church planner? I'm so new to the game. I, I wasn't trained for this. Um, and so what I discovered in saying yes to that relationship, one is that it pushed me out past the boundaries of my own comfort zone, which was a good thing. That God used in several ways. Two, it formed a friendship with this church planter that continues on today, even though we're not in that kind of coaching relationship. And he's now a brother that I can call on at any point in time. And we have a depth of relationship that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, and three, or just say that coaching is primarily about just asking questions and listening to the spirit. And if you have any level of discernment, I think you can be a great coach. Uh, doesn't need you. Don't need to read every book on the subject. You just need to have a simple, repeatable process that you do, and and be willing to form friendships with people and help them discern what God is up to in their life.
0: Jamie, that was gold, wasn't it? Absolutely, man. Great job, Jay. We really appreciate what God's doing with you and and through you. And uh, we're going to put in the show notes. Uh, we have a little bit more of Jay's story, and we have Jay's process. Jay, we have that. We'll cut that right out of the thing that we sent to you for your approval, and it'll help you see the good process, and also learn a little bit more about uh, Jay Francoeur and Cultivate Church. It's going to be well worth checking in. And so, uh, this is the end of this podcast. Great time, good good subject. What do Absolutely. you think? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And so, until the next time, uh, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.